All right. You've been patient, you've been kind, and you've been super generous. Lots of notes in over the last years. We took some time off the air, but welcome back to Mindset Radio. So a lot of things changed, a lot of things moving forward. As we begin to settle up for the new relaunch and bring in a spectacular co-host, my dear friend, Mike Brown, to join me uh, as we dissect the art and science of results. Now, Leading up to that, Mike and I have been running the 2022 Built by Brute Force Challenge, and we've brought some amazing people to the table with spectacular interviews, sharing their wisdom and their insights on how to improve performance, how to deal with a variety of aspects, and really setting yourself up for a spectacular 2022. So we're going to be sharing those interviews here out on Mindset Radio, uh, all those bonus episodes as we start to lay the groundwork, get back on the air, get back on track, and get back moving. So thanks for hanging in there. Or if you're listening new, make sure you download, subscribe, stick around because the new episodes will be airing soon. Brew Crew, hey, Jeff Badman here. I have a special guest with us today. Uh, she is... Uh, she and a few other people here that we'll be introducing shortly are joining the Brute Force family. Uh, Ruthie Masfed is a uh, founder of E23. I'm going to let her give you your background, her background here in a few minutes. Uh, but she is coming on to support us as the body composition nutrition coach, right? Uh, she is one, a incredibly rad human being. Uh, two, extremely insightful around all of this information, and three, just radically committed to supporting people achieving really what it is that they want. You know, I've known a lot of health and nutrition people and, you know, body count people over my life, and very few of them are like approachable and, you know, really like people you want to hang out with. And Ruthie is like the most approachable human being on the face of the planet. Uh, I'm stoked that she's here with us and that she gets to share her wisdom and her knowledge and support all of you uh, today. So Ruthie, why don't you just take a minute and, you know, give us your background. Like how's, how'd you get here? You know, we've talked about this a little bit, what's your focus in life? Uh, go. Absolutely. Um, guys, first, thank you so much for having me on. I am jazzed that you all decided to jump into this challenge and it's really cool because it's a, kind of a first step or a second step or whatever it is in getting yourself to whatever your goals are. Um, so for me and my background, I've been working in health and fitness for about 17, I think I'm going on 18 years at this point, um, which is crazy to say. Um, I was doing some math, just getting ready for this. It's been almost 10,000 hours or more of coaching for me at this point, which is a crazy number. Um, and then I kind of was doing some reflection on the importance of nutrition when you're kind of talking about training and training goals. Um, and throughout my beginning to middle to where I am now, I didn't start with um, a heavy interest in the food section of it. Hmm. You know, throughout the hours of coaching and training people, I realized that I saw a lot of, you know, stalled progress or no progress or energy levels staying low, mental cognition kind of staying down when you don't actually incorporate that piece of food into your training. Um, so for me, that kind of developed more interest going in that direction is as I started to realize the link between um, you know, appropriate fueling, I guess you'd say, yeah. and actually hitting your goals. So I guess that's kind of my background. I am, I am not a registered dietitian. It's been for me mostly through experience. I am certified through a company called Precision Nutrition. Um, so I, I you know, have a background in, in that, but it's really been a lot more experience in kind of figuring out 
I think everyone really knows what to eat. It's just changing the habits, behaviors, and the, the mental side behind it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's where, you know, it's like you said before we kind of came on here. We all kind of have the knowledge, right? There's, there's plenty of knowledge out there around what to eat, what not to eat. Yes, I should choose this. Yes, yes I should choose that, right? In the, in the general spectrum, kind of at the top level, then, then kind of getting past that point. Um, and I'm happy to share some of my <laughs> growth and story and, uh, you know, the things I've learned over time around food, particularly, you know, getting that level to, okay, now I'm making better choices then it's navigating that. And then there's, then when we get down to the next layer, it's like, okay, now I want to achieve certain goals. Now I want to achieve certain things. Now I you know, want to feel a certain way or want to look a certain way. How do I refine that? So as we kind of peel the onion back to it, um, and you know, we, we've had this conversation sitting in the office. I mean, I think I, I, in our, in the way we've talked about your approach to food, like there is a simplicity model to it. Right. Um, that I think, you know, it's a, it's a big, listen, health and fitness is a big, hairy, scary monster over here with what I see is like maximum room for failure, right? Yeah, and, for just conflicting information. Yeah. So what you're saying, not just maximum room for failure, but there's follow this diet or a carnivore diet, or let's try to do this high carb thing, or let's try to end this, or let's intermittent fast. It's just freaking overwhelming, yeah. really. Yeah. And, it and should... somebody's going to come out with something new tomorrow. You know, and it's going to be the thing. And you're going to be like, oh, right. now I need to go do that. Wait, just push pause for a second. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer in the, the thing that works is the one that you actually can commit to doing that fits your lifestyle. I don't really give a shit about following the trends of whatever diets are out and about. It's yeah. if you feel good and you're seeing results and it's healthy, like, why not just do that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talked about the other day. I've been incrementally moving more and more plant-based for me. Right. Um, just because kind of post the vid, like meat just has not been sitting well with me, especially chicken, fish. It just, it doesn't, like I, I physically feel, you know, the difference. And I actually noticed it before, um, you know, we had a, a high quality grass fed protein powder shake, right? And even if, after I would have that through, I mean, I always felt bloated. I felt like just, ugh, I can't do way anyway. I like, I can't. My dairy, nobody, nobody wants to be around me. I love my dairy. Um, so, you know, I went to this other stuff, but still just felt bleh and switched over to a plant-based and, and, and made an immediate shift. So I've kind of been watching this and paying attention to my body. And, and this has been, this is not an easy jump because, you know, I'm a steak and potatoes kind of guy uh, at my core, uh, but it just hasn't been, I, I've been learning to listen to my body a lot more to say, Ooh, what, uh, what, what feels right? What doesn't feel right? Yeah. And that's something that I actually do a lot with my one-on-one -on -one nutrition clients that I work with is called intuitive eating. Mm. It's exactly what you're doing. And, you know, some people forget that that's something to pay attention to. Yeah. So one really cool thing you can do is actually take a journal or notes in your phone or whatever, pay attention to how you feel 15 minutes before a meal, what you're doing during your meal, 15 minutes to how you feel after. Hmm. And in just the, that simplicity of paying attention, like you said, maybe you don't even know that something that's not sitting well. Yeah. And you could do something where before your meal, you're really hungry and stoked to eat. During your meal, you're enjoying your steak. And after, you feel super lethargic. Kind of cool thing to pay attention to. Um, and that might happen every time. And that might just be that one time. Yeah. But if you can actually take a minute to look at like, 
the intuitive style, like how does this sit in my body? Does my energy feel different? Um, does my stomach feel heavy? Do I feel sluggish in the mornings, et cetera? And you won't actually know what's best for you. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, it, it probably took me, it probably took me about a month to really connect mm -hmm. to that protein shake, right? I'm right. not a, I kind of flip my, like I just, I, I'm not a breakfast eater. I, I, I just like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just not my jam. So I kind of flip like my protein shake in the morning and then, which actually then makes me hungry about 10 or so and then eat breakfast. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, which, you know, we can work on if you want, but. Uh, <laughs> well, no, there's conflicting information on that. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it has more to do with making sure you get your total amount of calories that you would need for the day. Yep. Um, and if you feel better putting that later, later in the evening, there's still, there's new studies coming out all the time. And some of them say that if you're not a breakfast eater, you're not a breakfast eater. If your metabolism isn't super slow and your energy is not really low, then why would I ever choose to force you into something that doesn't fit for how you feel or for your lifestyle? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's, it's always been hard. I mean, and it kind of goes to the, <laughs> the residue of childhood, like the way I grew up on things. And, and then it goes to my life, right? I mean, I, I, for years I was, you know, fully admit coffee till like two or three in the afternoon. Uh, and then you know yeah, that one meal a day yeah well, that, that's been we've, we've done a pretty good job correcting that now uh, but uh, so you're you're not getting me totally jacked up uh, so let's talk about uh, kind of connecting food to performance for a minute right so everybody's in this challenge you know a lot of posts this last couple of days of like okay I'm sore oh wow that really kicked the crap out of me mm -hmm. okay you know like like we've modified some of the workouts because a lot of people are following the sand wads. Uh, so we went in this weekend and made some changes around um, uh, kind of more structured, you know, week, you know, over the course of the week. Uh, so everybody can get a little relief and, and, and you know, get some value there, get some body back working. But how do I connect soreness or fatigue or uh, maybe just, you know, healing, right? How do I connect that to food? Well, there's definitely a few different ways to look at that. Um, some soreness can be mitigated excuse me, by making sure you're actually eating enough. So there is um, direct correlations between under eating and being more sore than a workout might merit. Hmm. Right. So you definitely do get soreness from working out. But if it's something that it's lasting for days or it's a lot or it wasn't um, an extremely taxing type of something, right? There's, there's a way to make sure you feel appropriately. So really, when you look at it with performance, if you're under eating, you can expect to be more sore. You can expect your joints to feel a little more sore. You can expect a little more inflammation in the body. Um, and all those things considered, you might not see as much change as you're hoping for. Right. So besides the usual things that we would talk about with performance and eating, if you are not eating um, quality foods, so say fruits, vegetables, doesn't have to be grass-fed meat, but some sort of actually, you know, hormone-free or well-raised food, sure. something, pea proteins, plant proteins, whatever we want to get into on that front, um, you might feel sluggish during your workout. If you're trying to push something like, you know, certain reps for time on a sandbag overhead or something, and you're finding that your energy level's tanking really early on, a lot of those can be symptoms of, I mean, not enough food in general or not enough carbs or some sort of, you know, sugar source, natural sugar source pre-workout. Yeah. Um, so you can definitely see a correlation there. Um, the other thing that I like to pay attention to when you're talking about performance is not, not just in your workout, 
So say you're fueled enough to get through your workout, but after say three to four hours later, you feel a huge dip in your energy, your mental cognition and function drops a whole bunch. That's one of those pieces that a lot of people don't think about. And they think like, Oh, I had a hard workout. I'm tired, whatever. Right. Um, when in actuality, some of that can be, can be fixed just by making sure you're eating enough and enough of the right sources. Do you have a, uh, do you have kind of a, I'm going to, I'm going to ask, I don't know. This is my, right. Uh, is there some kind of like fairly easy formula to follow like pre-workout, post-workout consumption? Uh, sure. I mean, it's, that can be a little bit different for everyone. Sure. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, that's but, a yeah. big, that's yeah. a big question with Absolutely. a lot of very scary. I'll give, what, I'll give the most simple answer I can think of. Um, pre-workout, you tend to need carbs and protein, right? Carbs are our fuel source. Yep. So we want to try to keep that. Maybe I'd say two to four hours pre-workout. Okay. You can use some sort of carbohydrate during workout. That's why Gatorade became so popular to begin with. It's just sugar. Your body uses it in the middle of a workout right away. Yeah. Post-workout, it's really important that you get protein and carbs to replenish whatever you just took off. Yeah. So something that you don't necessarily need a lot of, unless you're like a full-on keto crazy person, is fat. You don't need fat close to your workout times. It's not the source of energy that our bodies were designed to use. Okay. So if you're doing a super basic thought, eat two to four hours before, get some sort of carb, little protein if you need in the middle, fuel with carb and protein after, keep your fats away from your workout times. Fats away from workout times. Okay. That makes sense. And like, what's a, what's a good carb? What's a good? Something super simple digesting. Okay. So if you want to, and we'll get into this more, I'm sure yeah. as we get to yeah, the challenge. Totally. You want to keep the more complex carbs farther away from your workouts, right? So if you think, and I like to relate this a lot um, to like Paleolithic or old old school humans, right? We needed fuel sources that were fast and ones that were slow. So when you're moving or running, if you're chasing down food or if you're doing something, you need something like a fruit or a fruit sugar that your body can digest quickly. It doesn't sit in your belly, yep. right? So I tend to lean towards things like Gatorade or I'm a huge fan of doing apples or bananas. Yeah, just apples, yeah. Yep. Really, really good. And that's... Yep. um. Apples in particular are super yeah. easy digesting for me. Mm -hmm. And I feel that right away that works. Grapes work, fruits work really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Same way. I've definitely, you know, apples are a big one for me yeah. too. That's, uh, it does. I feel it. I mean, almost instantly. Right. Um, right. And your meal before, say if we're going, you know, two to four hours pre-workout, you could do some type of like chicken breast and sweet potato because mm -hmm. if you're, you know, if you're eating that before you work out, that's two to four hours until you're actually training. Yeah. And then I'll mix. It's like we lost her. Hold on one second. Here she comes. All right. We're back. Hold on. I can't hear you. I'm out. Oh, there you are. Okay. Got it? Yeah, I'm out. Cut you off. Sorry, well, yeah, I'm out. All right. <laughs> um, I was just saying during workout, sometimes I'll do like cherry juice or mm. grape juice and right. mix a little bit of that with water and like a shaker cup. Yeah. And that's a really easy way to fuel without having to eat if I'm doing, say, a 90-minute bike ride or something where it's a longer, longer mm -hmm. cardio piece or if it's a sand wad that you know is going to take you a full hour. Right. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Seriously. I mean, so these. You're going up a hill carrying sandbag. Yeah, we definitely cranked them last week. We definitely, uh, uh, we gave them a, 
if you were if people that were new to the sandbag community that they got a got awakening of like oh this is what a sandbag workout looks like got it okay um you know but we've got people that have been you know cracking these things and following this stuff forever uh, so a very diverse uh, crew uh, most definitely so let's talk for a minute about um behavior right i mean so when i we lesson one at the beginning of last week i talked about kind of re-anchoring the elephant right that just a, any an elephant with a bunch of monkeys on top trying to like you know oh you're gonna do it this time you're gonna do it this time but the elephant wants what's familiar right the elephant's mm-hmm. gonna kind of always trend back so i gave him some techniques for doing some rhythmic breathing anchoring into you know what's going on you know and, and this is a practice i do it's like when i begin to feel and i'll share and i'll just share like i grew up in a house that food was not health and food was not a thing health and fitness not a thing matter of fact people that were healthy or fit were frowned upon right it was like them against us um you know not a healthy family mom did the best she could single mom two kids you know food just was not on the spectrum of of choice and I mean, it took me till I had my daughter's realize like carrot sticks were, and were a snack. You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean carrot sticks? No, potato chips are a snack. Carrot sticks are not a snack. So d- that should anchor in, right? And and I found over my life, like as I've grown and as I've taken it on, like there's just there are habits and behaviors. You know, I was reading Clarity and Connection this morning, and it, it talk, was talking about things that got put on us that were not ours. Uh, and uh and they were not theirs right so whatever got put on mom was not hers but then we know we pass this on right generation to generation we pass on our stuff and you know and then you wake up one morning and you're 40 and you're looking around it's like why am i why am i so connected to mcdonald's or why am i so connected to eating this garbage why do i need to have this cookie constantly like like you know yes there's a there's a biological process that's happening in terms of the connection of the sugar and everything else. However, there's a behavioral issue that has come about that, that, that if we get really honest, like it wasn't, it wasn't ours. We didn't come out that way. It's right. what, it's what we got exposed to. And, you know, and that's hard to change. That's hard to shift, but I think it's hard to shift because we view it as ours. Like, Oh, I'm broken. Oh, I don't eat well. Oh, I, I, you know, I can't do this, you know? And so let's talk a little bit about kind of the behavioral change that goes with Sure. Well, there's one thing that I know, um, I actually was just podcasting on this this morning, um, using food as a way to change your state. So if you are feeling um, depressed or anxious or bored or something, you see a lot of eating during that. And what that does is it puts you in a different state, right? So if there's, say, uncertainty, even if it's something as simple as around what you're doing that day, or if there's something even greater like uncertainty at your job or uncertainty in your relationship, one way to find certainty and control is through food. Hmm. You'll actually see someone who maybe they're anxious that they're getting in a fight with their spouse or whatever it may be, actually reach and eat cookies or cake or something. And now the signal to your body is, well, I am certain that I'm going to survive because I have food. You change mm. your state, you actually are in a point where you have settled one thing and put you in a place of certainty. Oh. So there is some sort of relationship between behavioral change 
and change in your mental state, mm-hmm. right? By actually reaching for food. So something that you have to consider is you might not be able to change that behavior or pattern unless you find another way to make yourself feel certain, so to speak, or to change the state with something. Um, smoking is another thing to think about, right? A lot of people have a, a hard time quitting smoking unless you have five years peace to replace that with. Yeah. I mean, smoking could be something I think you and I talked about that. Um, that forces you to take a deep breath. <sighs> right. And, and, it, and it became my, it became the only thing I had positive control over in my life. Like no one, right. you know, and then it became like the pushback of like, no, I'm having a cigarette because I'm a grown man and I can have a cigarette if I want. So it almost right. became like this pride thing. Right. Oh yeah. Until I then finally right? was like, Jeff, do you really want to do this to yourself? Like, do you really want to feel this way? Right. But now you have a breathing practice. Yeah. Well, like, so this is, so this is the, this is the linkage I want people to really begin to understand. Right. This is, this is not just like food over here, fitness over there, breath work over here, meditation back here. Like this is why we designed this this way. Right. If I want to, ah, I'll start again. Uh, we'll, she'll come back on in a second. Uh, there we go. All right, back on. Uh, back on. Yeah. So you know, if I want to, if I want to begin to shift things completely, the practice I've continued to learn is, you know, literally navigating that rhythmic breathing process mm-hmm. with everything that I'm doing when I'm eating. I'm actually internalizing, you know, I, and I've really gotten into this habit of even when I drink my protein shake or even when I am having breakfast or having a, a high quality meal, like I'm actually like trying to do that rhythmic breathing process mm-hmm. to trigger the sensations in my body of safety of, you know, this is right. This feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and you're staying present with what you're doing. Yeah. So eating doesn't turn into like, just shoving potato chips in your mouth without knowing why you're doing it, right? Mm-hmm. You're actually in tune with what you're putting in your body and why you're doing that. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge, a huge habit to pay attention to and to change. Yeah. So, you know, anytime, anytime you're looking and eating something, it's important to pay attention to why am I doing this? Am I hungry? Why am I fueling? Is this just a snack? And are you looking to change the state? And what I tell a lot of the clients I work with as well is, if you're finding yourself wandering into a kitchen and you're not sure why you're there, perhaps take a minute and think about it and then go do something else to change your state. I'm a huge advocate, especially for people that work in an office all day. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're feeling that moment of like, oh yeah, I'm just going to put this snack by my desk and eat a handful of almonds because almonds are healthy, right? Yeah. Sure. So if you eat a handful of almonds and then you're two cups of almonds in for the day and you're 2000 calories in and you have no idea why, right. perhaps it's time to get up take a walk, come back in and see if something like that can actually fill that same sort of angst or whatever it might be while you're reaching for food um, and actually, you know, change your state by moving. Yeah. I like that. It's almost like the challenge for this week is like awareness to state, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's the, that's the, that may be the theme. I'll put that out there you too. I'll add, it, add it to the class on Monday. Like really, because we're talking about this this coming week, we're talking about kind of finding the space between recovery points, recovery mm-hmm. periods, like how to how to understand and learn our body um, mm-hmm. in a different way. And so I think that's a especially connected to food. I'll take that on, like legitimately yeah. going to reach for something. It's it's just a quick question of why 
Am I reaching for this right now? Sure. You know, and what what am I really needing? Am I needing a change of state? Or do I need to fuel my body? Right. right. Like, and I think awareness is a hundred percent appropriate. So if you mix that with the idea of how does this food make me feel? Mm-hmm. Now we are talking about, you know, winding that into the challenge in a way that'll make it successful at the end of six weeks to where you can see some actual habitual changes. Cause that's really where food kind of plays in is a lot of it is habit. Right, like you know, if you grow up in a way where carrot sticks don't exist, no, it's a really hard thing to change that. It has been hard, like routine. I, mean, I, I, at one point in my life, I'll break out the pictures. I mean, I was two fifty two at one point. Wow. Um, yeah, I was, I was a big boy. I was, you know, I was a chubby kid growing up, you know, and and I struggled. You know, I can remember Coach Hornsby, Coach Hornsby, six, you know, sixth grade <laughs> soccer coach. Um, I was a chubby kid and. God bless him. He thought he was doing the best thing in the world. But, you know, we go out to play soccer practice every day. And, you know, who got to play skins, right? The chubby kid. Uh, so, <laughs> But I actually learned to compensate for that because I then became the best goalkeeper ever. Because I didn't have to run as fast and I never had to take my shirt off. Uh, <laughs> right? But I also then watched that model continue through my life of kind of compensating and finding finding other reasons to... Uh, to be where I was, right? Even in the military, right? The units I served in, I was not a top tier fitness guy. I was a minimum standard, just above guy, you know, hanging in there and then got to serve in the units I got to serve in because I brought a lot more to the table, you know, in other ways. And when I look back, it's like, oh, okay. You know, I can see that residue over time creates that pattern of behavior that says, you know, oh, well, I'm, you know, I mean, there's always the, you know, I hate to label it as like the excuse thing because it's much deeper than that. I mean, it truly is a a pre-programmed way of being that we just now need to bring our awareness to to be like, oh, you know, yeah, my mom and dad were great. You know, my mom did the best she could. And in this particular area, really dropped the ball because she didn't have the skills. She didn't have the, the understanding, the insight, the capability around it. Uh, love her to death, but you know, I mean, that's just, just didn't get it. So now in my forties, I get to relearn it. I get to retrain myself. Yeah. It just, it also doesn't mean that you have to adopt those as your behaviors as well. Absolutely. Also really like to make sure people understand is even if you did grow up with that as your background, it doesn't mean you have to carry that forward with you. But really what we're getting into is that complex conversation of changing behavior and changing, you know, mental focus and state. Yeah. And it's it's a hell of a lot harder than just saying, like, eat your fruits and vegetables. Oh. We are fighting however many years at that point. Yeah. Um, habits, you know, and comfort. Ingrained yeah. ways of, yeah, it was. And, and you've said it right. I mean, I love the way you have framed this. Like, I have a new view on it after this conversation, which is really cool. Uh, that state change, like, literally mm-hmm. just... Like step one, connect to what's going on for you right now in this moment. What am I trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. You know, as I'm reaching into the pantry or I'm getting into the fridge or whatever it might be, you know, or I, when I'm choosing dinner, um, you know, it's like I'm trying to most times, you know, I fall into the trap of I'm trying to I'm I dinner. I'm so overwhelmed by the end of the day that it's like. 
Yeah. Convenience is a is a is a is a killer for me because I am I don't set myself up well. So you did an amazing job sending out the email in the sandlot today about you know things mm-hmm. to pay attention to and how to set ourselves up. And I'm you know I I in the setup video for the the challenge I talked about Sunday is my first day of the week, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes people just they think Monday is right, but if I take Sunday as my first day of the week. Sunday's yeah. my day to prep myself. Sunday's my day to take care of myself and do what Absolutely. I need to do. Uh, how can I use a Sunday when it comes to setting myself up for a, a, a better, you know, let's just say a better eating plan this week. Sure. Yeah. Well, you actually just touched on a super important part. Um, the fact that by the time dinner comes around or evening comes around, you're just done, done. right? So there's a legit thing called decision fatigue. Right? So if you're in that boat, not only am I a Libra and a full amount, like I can get people out of a burning building. I can, right. you know, cat, 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 catastrophic incident. No problem. Jeff's on. However, if you want me to choose where to go to dinner, I'm frozen. I'm like, ah, I don't know. Well, that's one of those funny things why you hear a lot of people nail breakfast, nail lunch. And then bet- between that time and dinner time, you've been at work. You've had to get kids ready for school. You've had to decide what you're wearing, what they're wearing, what phone calls to make. You know, when are you going to get up? When is your lunch break? When do you have to talk to your boss? What emails do you have to send, et cetera? So by the time evening comes around, you're done making choices. Really, you're at that point where it's like, you want pizza? F it. I don't care. Let's go get that. Exactly. You can't make any more choices. You're checked out. Yeah. So one of the biggest things to make yourself successful with food um, and I did say this in the email is to have a plan first thing in the morning. So Sundays I find to be the perfect day to do your grocery shopping mm-hmm. and to cook your food. Now this depends on um, your ability to eat the same thing for how long I tend to say if you prep on Sunday through Wednesday and then prep again on Wednesday through Saturday, okay. that's kind of the easiest version because then you don't have a six hour Sunday. Yeah. You have two hours on Sunday and you have two hours on Wednesday like and then you're probably pretty okay. Um, but I find that if you either pick the evening time before bed and put your meals together for the next day, mm. or if you have time in the morning, pack your food in the morning. And I'm even like, if you're working from home, I'm even talking about putting your meals together and packing them for the day in your fridge at home. Yeah. Now you have no decisions that day as far as food is concerned. Yeah. Because really, as adults, we have enough decisions to make. And if you can alleviate that one choice of like, is it a donut or is it an apple? Is it a pizza or is it like steak and potatoes? Like what are we doing here? Um, it's a lot better to actually have that sorted yeah. before you're at the end of the day and trying to figure it out. Yeah. So the one of the biggest pieces of failure I see when you look at people and food is, is just that, right? Like I said, you know what to eat. Most of us know if it comes from a box or from the freezer or from a delivery service, that's called Domino's or something. It's probably yeah. not good. It's probably not good for you. Um, so I think that's probably, in my opinion, the most important piece when you're talking about setting yourself up for success as far as food for the day, for the week, for the years, years over years, is just getting in the habit of planning evening or first thing in the morning for your whole day. It takes, I think, probably on average 15 to 20 minutes. Well, yeah, and I like the I like the idea. I mean, that's the first time, I, you know, I've been in the food prep time and everything else. Like Sunday's got, you know, prepping for the week and packing everything up and cutting everything down and blah, blah, blah. Like mm-hmm. for the week, that's a gnarly event. 
Like it is. It's it's a lot. I really like the idea of Sunday to Wednesday, Wednesday to Saturday. Yeah, and I find sometimes if you prep on Sunday for the full week, by Friday or Saturday, that food is not looking good anymore. It's been in the fridge for a few days, and then you border on that like I don't know. And now you have another freaking choice. Do I want this food that maybe looks kind of gross, or should I just order something? Right? And then Stop sure in my brain, Ruthie. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do better than the rest of us. 90% of what we're doing right now is all up here. <laughs> totally. totally. Stop being in my brain. Yeah. No, I like that. I'm actually going to, I will do that this week. I mean, I did my shop yesterday uh, before I got a little mad, just like so get the grocery store. And, well, and whatever know. days, whatever yeah. days work in your schedule, right? For yeah. me, it so happens that Sundays and Wednesdays are the days I have more time. Yeah. You know, but yeah. that's kind of, it needs to be tailored to each individual so yep. you can find success for your schedule. I don't know what your schedule looks like. Yeah. I mean, and, and I even, and I even like, you know, from years ago, um, you know, the food calendar on the fridge, like just lining out the week, totally. pre-creating the menu, uh, especially for dinners. That's something that yeah. was, was super important for helping with dinners because mm-hmm. it removed I could sit down Sunday, look at what was, look at what I got, make my grocery list, you know, shop, mm-hmm. and and lay out my dinners at mm-hmm. minimum because you know breakfast and lunch it's it's kind of easy, right? It's just I kind of generally yeah. do the same thing along the way. But dinner, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, I want some right. Yep, um, dinner, yeah. not necessarily breakfast or lunch. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you know, and I and I'm actually gonna this week today. All what I'll do is I'll break it down and I'll prep to Wednesday and then Wednesday to Saturday. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've, like I've already started to plan my dinners for the week now, especially yeah. changing over. Oh, oh sorry. Those are yeah. social events a lot of times. Yeah. Right. So if you have um, friends or family or whatever, most of the time we gather at dinner. Yeah. So if you have a plan and something that you can make and spend time together. Yep. That's actually a great way to spend time together as opposed to even sitting down and watching a show or a oh, movie yeah. or like, Prepping food together is a much, you know, it's a really cool bonding way of, of actually spending time together. It absolutely is. I mean, little man loves to come in and help and, you know, he right. loves to chop stuff up and do different things. And, you know, the, the thing for me is if it's on the menu, right, and I've kind of laid everything out so I can just grab and mm-hmm. bring together and do what I need to do. Because at the end of the days, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty exhausted. Like you said, I mean, my fried, we've been... Answer questions all day. We've been emails all day. We've been meetings all day. We've been planning all day. You know, there's so much going on that I'm doing that by the end of the day, it's like I need, you know, <laughs> I need somebody to come in and cook for me. Like if I, yeah. you know, when Jeff crosses the the dollar figure where it's like I could have the chef that comes in and cook, please, like that would be, you know, oh, magical. Yeah. But in lieu of that, I kind of do that for myself. It's like, nope, if dinner's on the on the calendar and mm-hmm. clear. I don't have to choose. I just go to the calendar. I go to the fridge. I look at the thing and go, oh, I'm making this, this, and this. Okay, cool. Pull it all out and, and go. Yeah. And even with that, there's no lack of resources for healthy recipes. Yeah. Legit. Oh, like you can oh, get on Instagram or Facebook or Google. Pinterest or whatever. Right? Pinterest. Yeah. And yeah. you can find healthy recipes. Like yeah. that's not a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's really yeah. not. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely, I mean, it's really not. And you know, and I think that uh, I think that's where one 
while there is, you said this at the beginning, I kind of want to circle back to it as we're getting down here for a little bit. And if anybody's on you and you've got questions, you can just start, start jamming them in the room. And I'm glad you're listening in. And yes, you are not alone. Decision fatigue is catastrophic for most of us and probably one of the leading causes of us not eating well. Um, let's look at some fundamentals, right? We're in a six-week challenge. People are taking it on. This was first week. Um, this is where we start to see signs, right? This is why this is why statistically by January 17th, tomorrow, 68% of people who made their new year resolution around fitness will stop tomorrow. Like that's, that's, that is, that is data. So, you know, this is the point where we're right at it. Like I've, I've stepped back in, I've worked my body and you know, I've, the monkeys won this week, right? The monkeys won this week. That's, that's, but that is, this is the way it works. You can go for, you can, you know, you can make the monkeys gorillas and make yourself do anything for a period in time. And then the elephant's going to start to push back, right? And today's a rest day for a lot of people. Maybe you're not having, you know, I encourage people, even on a Sunday, get, get some measure of activity in, even if just to walk with the family or walk around the block or, you know, maintain some measure of activity. Don't, you know, rest days are not all checkout days, whether it's a yoga or whether it's a good stretch routine. Keep your body in motion, even on a rest day in some way. Um, but this is, this is where we'll start to see, right? We've got almost 1,500 people now in the challenge, uh, which is a big number. I would love to see when I put that completion form out, 1,500 emails come in. Oh, that'd be amazing. Oh, I, I mean, that would be my, that's my objective. That's my commitment to this crew <laughs> is to have your back. Like I've given them my email address. Like you call me, you could reach out to Ruthie. Like we have your back. Do not fall off the horse here because we've all done it. Not one of us is free of entering something and then letting the elephant win. And right. You know, you have a beautiful family here to support you um, through this through this challenge. So, but this is the break point. So, let's talk about now this week. You know, we talked about um, decision fatigue, setting ourselves down. Let's go through maybe a couple like key two three things they can do right to really take on this week around sure. nutrition well, and feeding. I mean, I would honestly just divert back to the email we sent out this morning, right? Simplicity and consistency. Okay. If you can get to the point of where your food is packed, it's very simple meals, and you're kind of setting yourself up to be ready to go for the week, keep it simple. Don't do not do anything crazy. What Kind of like what you said, Jeff, it would be awesome to do the same things for breakfast and lunch. Um, personal for me, I, I tend to either do a smoothie for breakfast because I'm kind of like you. I don't love breakfast, yeah. but I load it with berries, yeah. apples, spinach, yep. protein powder, some sort of milk or milk substitute. Yep. So I'm getting everything I need in that. Mm -hmm. Or if I feel like eating, I'll go eggs, bacon, fruit. Yep. Right. So, and I can eat one of those two things every day. Yeah. If I need a mix, I'll toss in an oatmeal. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of have this model in my head of I fuel breakfast, lunch, I fuel during the day. Mm -hmm. And then I, I do my, I do my best to give myself, you know, the food pleasure point at dinner like dinner yeah. dinner needs to be something of experience like sure. I want to experience food high quality good I want it to look good like I'm a little I like to get yeah. in and make food pretty make your food pretty I do I do I mean it's one of my things I really do and well, 
you know, marinate a good piece of chicken breast. Oh yeah. You know, something and you can actually use different types of herbs or yeah. different types of like non bad for you sauces and yeah. make something that's actually really tasty. Yeah. Um, but I think that's, if this is kind of a, a new conversation, starting out with something that's simple, that doesn't seem overwhelming. Yes. And a lot of this ends up in failure because it's too overwhelming. Um, so don't, don't read keto. Don't read carnivore. Yeah. Just eat some healthy foods. Try to find some habits that work for you and start there. Yeah. You can go dive down something once we get the habits built. And that would bring me back to the idea of consistency, right? It's not a matter of counting like how many days you ate well, right? It's a matter of counting how many months and years you actually have stuck to this. There's no simple fix as far as food goes. And um, like we've been talking the whole time, this is all behavioral. This is all mental. And you can't change that in a week. And you can't change that in a month, right? So this is an ongoing lifetime of work. And if you can embrace that fact now and be willing to, to make the effort into betterment across your lifetime, then we're talking about having success. Yeah. So I want people to put that in their heads now that this is not something that I, I want to be thought of as over in six weeks. No. Right? This is something that we're hoping, you know, we can be here as resources for six weeks and obviously beyond that to help get those habits formed and developed. And then it's kind of, you know, this is a new lifestyle. It, it so really simplicity, consistency, and um, <laughs> eat healthy foods. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and I'll go, and I'm, and I'm going to add that. Like, here's what I'm going to practice this week. Here's what I'm going to take on this week legitimately. Like, when I go, if I'm going, if I'm reaching for anything, even if I'm in a good state, even if I know that I'm choosing well, right, as I'm going, mm -hmm. what I'm going to do is as I'm going, I'm actually going to do my Diaphragmatic breath in, open mouth, exhale, let the let the let the air leave leave my body, not forcing it out. And actually just kind of check in for a moment of like what what am I doing? What am I trying to change a state? Am I fueling myself because I know because mm -hmm. I'm in track here? And if I'm making a healthy choice, I actually want to embody that healthy choice. I want mm -hmm. that to resonate in my system just as much as maybe the corrective choice, you know, maybe that recognition. Like, so this is the thing I think we, I've watched, right? In my behavioral work, we often focus on changing bad behavior. What we don't do is anchor good behaviors. We don't right. anchor, anchor healthy behaviors as equally or more. Mm -hmm. So I've gone to this pattern where this is one of the ways I, I was able to fully quit smoking years ago, which was I gave myself a lot of credit and let the choice to not smoke sit in the body mm -hmm. with some point of pleasure and good feeling and appreciation and 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 pride, right? And and I was proud of myself. Gave myself a little hug. Hey dude, you did a good job today. You know, you chose not to do that. And you know, and just actually oh, let that sink in for a moment. So, you know, so when you give yourself really when you're doing things for yourself or while you're eating that meal, that, that thing you set up for yourself, you prep for yourself, like, like be proud of what you're doing and mm -hmm. let that anchor in. And then I'm, and then I become less focused on the negative side of the choice, right? I'm not trying to fix something. I'm actually appreciating the choice that I'm making. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and that's a big, you know, I have found that for me to be a big 
change over time. It's like even when I came down the other day and, you know, whatever we did the gym during it, so I was dying, you know, um, <laughs> still even sitting there, you know, I put up that post and like, well, I couldn't, you know, both sitting there. I was like, dude, do you even, bro, do you even work out? You know? <laughs> I, was like, I looked at that picture. I was like, man, this is hilarious. But even sitting there trying to get my heart rate back down because it's still been really stuck right. to do that um, post being sick. Uh, but even sitting there was just kind of breathing and just be like, Hey man, you did it. You know, you at least in there and did it. And that's, mm -hmm. and just sitting in that and letting that, you know, fill me as opposed to being like, Oh, well, you know, you left your partner hanging there, you know, beat myself up around it. It was more re-regulation. Well, and that's like a congratulatory moment and celebrating the fact that you didn't choose to sit on your ass. You actually went and did something. No. Right. And it might be your your world's best performance that you've ever had, but you still did something which is more important than the alternative of doing nothing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and I gotta tell you, I love coming down there. It's hard to walk in. Like you can't <laughs> listen, guys, if you're if you're in the area and we're gonna set some things up, but as you get to know Ruthie and Bo and Keegan, who you'll be meeting here soon, um, uh, kind of as these things unfold. And we'll start to introduce the new things that are coming uh, out of Brute Force. Like, you know, these guys down to B23, when you walk in that gym, like, you're going to work out. Like, it's just like, it's there's, it's this force that's just like, come, you will do this now. Um, such a great space that you guys have. Such a amazing energy uh, down there. I'm stoked that we get to now bring that into the community. So, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. And, you know, there's going to be some things like the community you'll be seeing for Muthi as we roll out and some things roll in here uh, shortly. But, uh, you know, again, if you're watching this on the replay, ask any questions. Are you, You're in the group now, right? You're, you're I'm in the group. Yeah, okay. I'm totally happy. Great. Uh, I'm happy for emails. I'm happy for phone calls. I'm yeah. happy to talk in the group. So whatever, I'm, yeah. I'm here to support everyone for the next six weeks and beyond. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love, and, love to be of service. Uh, yeah, and so if you're having if you're having issues, you're having struggles, or you have questions, or anything's coming up from the conversation, or you just need a little bit of guidance, or you need a little bit of hey, I eat what well, I I I made choice today, and we'll get in and you know yeah. and anchor that with you, right? Virtual. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like this is uh, you know, this is the point where we start to pay attention. This is the point where we can start to divert off. So. Uh, Anything you want to leave anybody else with? I mean, we've covered a lot today and there's yeah. clearly, you know, we could talk for 17 million years about this yeah, stuff, uh, but anything that you want to leave anybody with? Um, I think the most important pieces is everything, you know, that we've talked about the most important is being intuitive, paying attention to why you're doing what you're doing. Yep. Right. And then keep it simple, simple yep. and consistent, but simple and consistent. You know, yeah. We could talk about this for years and years and years, but you know, find out what works for you. And I think there's nothing more important than that. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, we're, we're, we're really working on kind of in general from a brute force standpoint, like, like really touching our instinctual process, right? What is, what is now, rather than kind of putting a container that says you must do it this way. Right. You know, I think um, rather than kind of prescription based, like, and I, and I, I find this to be true with the sandbag. It's, it's, because of that shifting load, because of everything that happens, it resonates in my body differently than, than, you know, getting in a steel workout, very valuable, you know, at 
points of times, but integrating the sandbag kind of in the process, it gets me a little bit more in touch with, with things internally. And, you know, and then food is really no different, right? We're just, no, absolutely not. yeah. And so really like checking in with yourself, connecting heart, brain, gut, you know, that's what this is about. This is why we designed it this way. Um, bringing a full awareness to the table uh, to really find new measures of success for mm -hmm. yourself, not by some standard of we should look this way, feel this way, be this way, right. do these things, right? Um, well, and those are all, I mean, second separate conversation, those are all external goals, right? Yeah. And those will last. You have to find like an intrinsic yeah. type of reason for doing what you're doing. Yeah. And that's what ends up sticking, which is everything we've been talking about. Everything we've been talking about. And the cool thing is like, you know, that's what we were talking about the other day. Like you love, you love helping people like find that body, you know, and create their body the way they want, uh, which is radically cool. Uh, and so I'm excited that we will get to uh, play with some of that as we go through, right? So this is the foundation um, that we're trying to lay and then moving forward. So, all right, young lady. Well, I appreciate your time this morning. If anybody has any questions, drop them in. Ruthie will be monitoring. I'll be paying attention. We'll get you the support you need. Uh, thanks for popping down on the Sunday. And if you didn't get the uh, Sunday setup email out of the Sandwads, um, let us know. We can kind of repost it here in the group if you're not on the Sandwad email for any reason, um, which, you know, I don't know. I think we've got 12,000 people on that email list. So I'd be surprised if you're not. Uh, and if you're on that list and in the challenge, I think we've done some linkage. So everybody in the challenge should have gotten it. Um, but anybody else in the group that you didn't, uh, let us know. We'll make sure you get it. Ruthie, thank you for taking some time this morning on Sunday. Yeah, I'm stoked. Thank you for having me. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, and we will see you come down Tuesday at 1 for a little... You Tuesday at 1 little, for sure. little sesh, little sesh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, all right. Well, then we'll see you this week. And you guys have a great day. All right, thanks for joining us today. Great episode, great conversation, great interview. Make sure you subscribe, download, grab the next ones in line, and... Get ready to get set up because Mike and I will be back on the air soon with a lot more.